and launching downfield for Deshaun Jackson who accelerates, caught the opening play, and all the way for a touchdown! 88 yards! Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth, and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. These are just emotions, coming through the motions, to make it seem like I'm the only one. This is my moment to break free, to a left to tour and throw the key from whatever is holding me back to the home we've brought with green. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it through the long, tumultuous, arduous, boring preseason, and it is week one, Eagles Enemies is back, and we are thrilled to uh, have a returning guest as the Eagles kick things off against the Washington Redskins on Sunday. We are thrilled to be joined by Mr. Rob Henson from Redskins Capital Connection, joined us last year, and he was kind enough to uh, hop back on the podcast this year, too. Rob, how's it going, man? Welcome back. Good man, appreciate you having me back on. I'm starting to get used to being behind enemy lines, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's dive in because uh, there's a lot of you know chatter about this Washington team, new quarterbacks uh, across the board. Alex Smith obviously still recovering uh, from his you know nasty uh, leg injury last year. So the Redskins bring in Case Keenum and they draft Dwayne Haskins. Obviously Haskins being the the big money rookie. Um, you know, to kind of, you know, put this franchise in, in the right direction when it comes to the quarterback position. What are you what are you seeing from uh, the two new guys that are in the quarterback room this year with Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins for this team? Well, I'll, I'll start with um, I'll start with young Simba is what, what, what Redskins fans call him. <laughs> so um, he's next in line to be king. Not his, It's not his time right now. So he's learning. But uh, some encouraging things. I think um, out of all the rookies um, that we saw in the preseason, he was asked to do the most. Um, a lot of the a lot of preseason uh, games, those rookies played around the league. They were asked to keep the ball outside the numbers, don't throw interceptions. You know, they didn't really take any chances. They were a lot of safe throws. But uh, when I watched Haskins this preseason, he was going for it and uh, more of a vertical game from him, uh, which is what he excelled at in Ohio State. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, I think the sky's the limits, limit for him. We don't have Trent Williams, obviously, which I'm pretty sure we'll get into later. But, um, you know, I wouldn't throw him out there without an all-pro tackle on his left side. So, right now, Case is the guy. Uh, Case can move the ball down the field. He's a he's a, a baby Alex Smith is what I like to think of him as. Um, not as much check down, but he's also a safer bet. Um you know, he's going to take care of the ball. Um, and I think Jay has really um, put a system or modified his system to fit Case's strengths. And uh, from everything I've read and seen, um, it's going to, the offense is going to flow through Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. So I'm excited. Yeah, the running backs seem to be kind of the focal point of the offense. But, you know, Josh Doxson now gone, he's in Minnesota. Uh, Paul Richardson is here, and Terry McLaurin is here, who's getting a lot of buzz as a rookie wide receiver. Uh, what are you expecting to see from from Terry McLaurin, who is also, you know, Dwayne Haskins, one of his good friends, and 
Uh, Dwayne asked the Redskins to bring him in if they could, and they did just that. So what are you expecting to see from Terry McLaurin in his, uh, his rookie season? A lot of vertical shots, to be honest. Um, he's proven, he's a proven speedster. Um, Paul Richardson, uh, to me, is the biggest question mark. I mean, you know what you're pretty much going to get out of a rookie. You know, there's, there's going to be some positives and some negatives, so he has a lot more leeway. But to me, the pressure's on Paul Richardson. I mean, he got the big contract, been hurt, banged up, um, never really played up to it. And I think Dotson got all the heat when really Paul was the one making all the money. So, um, but I don't, it was kind of unfair. Dotson, obviously, one of my TCU guys. So it was a little sad to see him walk. But um, I'm excited for McLaurin. He, he's uh, got to sharpen up his route running skills. Um, this division is is has some pretty good corners in it, so he's going to get baptized early, especially week one against you guys. Uh, he's going he's going to have some formidable guys lining up on uh, around him uh, across from him. So he's just got to get better at running his routes. Um, I love the way he hangs onto the ball. I think another rookie that's not getting a lot of praise right now, but he's been sure is um, is uh, Kelvin Harmon. So. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the young core. It's obviously not a strength of ours, um, but the receiving core is not a strength of ours right now, but I think it can be uh, later on down the line. Definitely, and you know, you brought up Trent Williams still in his holdout. Uh, he's going to miss week one, so the Redskins bring in Donald Penn off the street to uh, play left tackle, and Eric Flowers mm-hmm. is going to be starting at left guard. How much confidence do you have in that left side of the offensive line You know, with an offense that – you know, Jay Gruden has talked about wants to be run heavy with Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson as well. Um, how much confidence do you have for, you know, a 36-year-old Donald Pennon and Eric Flowers who, you know, the NFC East knows a ton about him and how good or not good he can be? Uh, how much confidence is there in that left side of the offensive line, not only for the it's running a, backs but for Case Keenum too? It's a huge question mark. and there's still a lot to be seen. I think Flowers did some good things. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, uh, a guy that was singled out in the preseason and, and exposed. So I think that was a good sign. And who knows, guard might actually be, um, you know, the strength for him. And um, and he's pretty much known as a run blocker. He doesn't excel in the pass blocking sets. So uh, having Penn next to him, who is okay, uh, okay pass blocker. You know, he's more than formidable. So, uh, And then, you know, you're looking at the prospect of getting Trent back from all the reports that I've seen and from talking to my, my big bro, D. Hall, uh, who's had plenty of conversations with Trent. Um, seemed like it's not going to last long. So I'm excited uh, to see Trent come back, if he does come back anytime soon. But uh, Flowers may have just found his niche. And then you got the best uh, offensive line coach in the league, in my opinion, coaching him. In Callahan, so um, there's a lot of room for him to grow there. Penn is a vet; you know what you're gonna get from him. Uh, he doesn't excel in pass blocking, but he is a heavy, you know, a mauler. So it makes sense to run the ball and pass when necessary. So um, I'm, I'm still excited to see that, see how it unfolds, and how the young rookies uh, come in. I mean, Wes Martin, Pearson Barker, uh, those guys have still have to find their niche and continue to grow. Definitely. And, you know, uh, waiver claims and everything went through this week and shockingly to a lot of Eagles fans and just 
uh, reporters and stuff, the Redskins claim Wendell Smallwood to be their fourth running back. How long do you see Wendell Smallwood being part of this Redskins team? Well, I, I actually think he'll be a, a key part of the team. Um, when you think about it, you got Darius Geis, you got Adrian Peterson, and then your third down back is Chris Thompson, who has yet to stay healthy. Um, and then I think Bryce Bryce Love is kind of uh, – he, he was supposed to be – you know, another Chris Thompson, but given what's going on with him, um, I, I think picking up Wendell Smallwood was a good move. And a lot of Eagles fans should be familiar with his special teams play. Smallwood is a pretty good special teamer. So I think that'll be his role early in special teams. And depending on if Chris Thompson can stay healthy and this is a contract year for Chris, um, you know, we could see him step into that role, that third down, Scat back type, obviously not as elusive as Chris, but can fill that role and still has, you know, he has good hands. So it'd be interesting to see how they use him, if they use him. But I just know for a fact that he's a special teams guy right now. Definitely. And the biggest signing for this Washington team this offseason was Landon Collins coming in on that huge money contract. One, what was your reaction to the front office just dishing out that type of a contract for a guy like Landon Collins? And uh, what are you expecting from him to, uh, you know, revolutionize that defensive back group uh, for, for the Redskins this year? The first thing that stood out to me with, with land, the landing signing was the Redskins are looking more at leadership than anything. We all know Landon's coverage ability is to be questioned and needs some work. Um, so that was one of the cons off rip that I thought about. But when you look at the guy, he's been solid. He's been active on the field um, and and was a leader for that Giants team, and he brings that leadership to Washington now. And then not only that, he reconnects with his Bama guys. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> Washington tied here pretty soon. I mean, uh, but, you know, that, the whole youth movement with those Bama guys has just been amazing, and I think the front office has fell in love with it. And bringing Landon in just adds to that because those guys come from a winning program, they they don't care about the glitz and the glamour. They want they want to win, and they want to change the culture, and they want to be a part of something special. So I've seen nothing but leadership from him since he's been here. Um, obviously, the he's not the one I'm worried about in the secondary. Um, it's the other safety spot. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen with Monte Nicholson. Is he going to get suspended or what? Um, is he going to be available? He's still a young guy that has to prove himself. But then you got the veterans. I mean, you got Norman, who's not a speedy guy, but he's smart and um, causes uh, turnovers and and just leads those guys. Uh, And then you got Dominique Rogers-Camardi, who is uh, familiar with Landon's game and brings that continuity uh, and can help the other guys understand where Landon's coming from or his leadership style. So I'm I'm not overly excited about the DB group. I think uh, up front is the moneymaker for us. If we can get pressure, it'll make obviously it'll make it a lot easier for those guys to do their jobs. And I think the uh, front seven is the strength of our defense right now. Yeah, definitely. And you know, DRC continues his NFC East tour as he's now on his uh, <laughs> I know, right? Third, <laughs> third of the four teams in the NFC East. And if you want to count the Cardinals from back in the day, he's done four of five now. Um, yep. But you talk about the the front seven and uh, the big draft pick Montez Sweat. Uh, you know, there was a lot of rumors and things around him uh, around the draft where a lot of teams were turned off by uh, his interviews, the Eagles included. 
Um, what have you seen from Montez Sweat, and has he kind of fit into this this Washington defensive culture that they're trying to build? I think so. What I've seen from him, um, I met him a few times. I went to Redskins uh, Alumni Day OTAs, met him. He's a quiet guy that works. I didn't see a lot of the dancing, and you know, uh, he just he leads a different kind of way. So uh, I think he'll fit in nice. I do think that he's exactly what this team needed from a pass rush standpoint, a motor guy, um, um, and can bring the speed off the edge that'll have tackles in this division we're in. Um, Obviously, we didn't get that with with Ryan Kerrigan. We don't get that. That's not his game. He's a pure power rusher. So uh, having Montez on the other side is only going to make Ryan even more potent, and it's going to make the front seven more potent. So I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. There are a lot of expectations uh, for him um, here. I know – the coaching staff is excited to even be able to coach the guy. He's an athletic freak. He's six six, can run like a deer, and just brings a lot of speed, momentum off the edge. So, uh, I think he has to get a little bit more stout playing against the run. I think uh, he had a tendency to get washed. Uh, he has a tendency to get washed down in there. You know, you can't do that going up against you know Peters and and you know power guys like Tyron Smith and Leo Collins. Like you gotta you gotta get yourself together and and be able to. Uh, you know, stay stout in the run game and clear up those lanes for the linebackers and safeties to run through. So that would be my only knock on him right now, and I think he can improve on that. For sure. And, you know, Wendell Smallwood wasn't the only uh, former Eagle that the the Redskins signed or brought in through waivers. Trayvon Hester was the mm-hmm. uh, the defensive side, you know, most notably uh, known for the, the cause of the double-doink game against the Chicago Bears and ruining that <laughs> franchise forever. Um, <laughs> what kind of went in in your opinion to bringing in Trayvon Hester this team especially when they brought him in and uh what are you expecting from him on this defensive line I gotta be honest I don't really expect much much from him I know he's a he's gonna be a good rotational guy um my thing is I mean I expect him to play the five five technique um he's not he's not overly powerful guy he is quick uh, but I think that injury to Caleb Brantley is what led to that decision um, of bringing him in, but I really don't know what to expect from him. He's one of those guys that I got a question mark next to when I see because I expect him to be nice in the rotation, and then he may get off, um, but just because of who we have up front, you know, he may have you know good game, good games, and put up good stats uh, because of who we got up front. I mean, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Ionitis, like you, I mean, <laughs> it just makes it that much easier for for a guy like him to use his particular skill set to get op- uh, to get free and, and do what he has to do. But I think the injury to um, the Brantley or his, the question mark around him was kind of the uh, issue. Uh, well, well, the reason they brought in Trayvon. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you bring up Deron Payne heading into uh, his third season, I believe. How big of a year is this for him to kind of, you know, latch on and, and make a, a bigger name for himself as one of the premier uh, nose tackles in the NFL. I think he's going to do it. He was on the cusp last year, and he was getting his feet wet and try, still trying to figure it out. But when you're lining up next to Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis, guys who have figured it out, um, and 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 Payne has his own set of unique skills. Uh, here's, here's a guy who, with his size, you wouldn't expect him to be as mobile 
I mean, I play basketball with the guy. I mean, he can dunk. Like, he can do just about everything. <laughs> so it's ridiculous when you see his size and his athleticism that goes with that size. So I think this is the year. They normally say you figure a player out between year two and three. So you know exactly who he'll be for his career. And I think this is um, this is his year to break out and, and to uh, be a, a big contributor in the middle. I think he's really going to be a problem. I watch all of Brian Baldinger's breakdowns on him, and Brian Baldinger loves him. So, uh, I mean, I think, you you know, Redskins fans and anybody who knows football understand what a guy like that can do for a defense and how he can bring that pressure up the middle and, you know, collapse the pocket. So, I think he'll be a problem for a lot of teams this year. And, you know, looking at the, the coaching aspect of things, there's been a lot of, you know, stories to come out of uh, Washington where Jay Gruden wasn't in the loop with the draft. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. you know, the most favored coach to be fired uh, first this season. How much pressure is on Jay Gruden for this team to perform, even with, you know, like we said, a little bit of lackluster in some of the positional groups? How much pressure is on Jay Gruden's plate this year to have this team perform at a high level? Well, for one, if we can keep 20 guys off of IR for this year, <laughs> last year and the year before that, we've really been struggling to do that. And then obviously, you know, with Trent bringing light, Trent Williams bringing light to the Redskins training staff and the uh, lack of um, awareness and understanding. Um, but if we can really keep those, if we can keep guys healthy this year, then I think it'll be a fair evaluation year for Jay. And I do, I still think he's on the hot seat, honestly. I mean, w- this team's underperformed, even given the injury, the injuries. Um, I think what bought him more time was having Josh Johnson come in and still have a chance, a slim chance to win the division. You know, that was a hell of a – last year was his best coaching job to me, I'll put it that way. So you expect him to build on top of that, and there are no excuses this year. Definitely. IR guys are not. There are no excuses this year, and not in, out of every coach in the division, he is probably the mo- one of them. He's got the warmer seat I, um, next, to, probably next to Jason Garrett. But that's another story. <laughs> um, this game too, uh, most notably, the first time uh, Deshaun Jackson being back with the Eagles. Um, oh man. <laughs> This game, I mean, it's definitely going to mean a lot to him, but with, you know, we talked about the secondary uh, for the Redskins. What are they going to have to do to be able to cover, you know, these weapons that the Eagles are throwing out there, whether it's Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, now J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and all these running backs now, too. It's it's a never-ending wheelhouse for Carson Wentz. What does this defense have to do in order to, you know, keep things at bay at best? Well, here's the first thing you got to do. You have to be on the same page. Um, I know just from games before playing the Eagles, there was a lot of confusion. And the tempo that you guys uh, run at is a big problem for a lot of teams. And communication is the number one thing that breaks down when that happens. Um, We got to keep Carson Wentz in the pocket. Uh, I want to see – I would rather see him throwing from a clean pocket than to be outside of the pocket when things break down. Um, he's he's just ridiculous with his escapability and his decision-making when he's when things break down. Um, if we can keep him in the pocket and get pressure on him, I think it'll make those guys in the back end's jobs easier. Here's the big problem, though. 
the biggest problem that I see is Deshaun Jackson taking the top off of defenses. He he automatically commands. He doesn't have the speed he used to, but he's still fast enough to command two uh, defenders. So you got to bracket him. But if you bracket him, then Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar get crazy in the you know in the middle, and then you got your backs leaking out. So it's they just got to communicate, be on the same page. And uh, I think Greg Minuski has to, he has to keep it simple. You can't go overly complicated against a team like Philly with so many weapons. You got to let guys play fast and, you know, keep their responsibility simple. So it's going to be a tough one. But um, the biggest thing that jump out to me is Zach Ertz versus our linebackers. Sean Deion Hamilton just can't keep up with him. Um, Ruben Foster going down hurt us in the coverage aspect of it. So I look for them to, you know, in your three, you know, three receiver, four receiver sets to – stay in nickel a lot of the game and try to match up with a safety or landing Collins or somebody. So it's going to be tough, but they just got to communicate and keep it simple and, and get pressure on Carson without letting him out of the pocket, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, the Eagles also brought in a former Redskin in uh, Zach Brown. Yeah. What can we kind of expect from Zach Brown at this point of his career? You know, he's not a flashy linebacker, but he's going to be playing a lot early on with the injury to Kamu Gruje Hill. Um, mm-hmm. What can we expect from Zach Brown at the linebacker position? Zach is a gambler. And by that, I mean, when I played, I was the same way. Uh, I saw a gap, I hit it. It may not have been my gap. <laughs> <laughs> so. Look for him to be out of place a lot. He can't. He does have a tendency to wildcat and get lost in coverage sometimes. But the plays that he do make, only he can make those plays. Like shooting certain gaps or, or you know, diagnosing certain plays and getting there before the offense, you know, offensive player can get there. So the big plays he makes are the big plays that he that only he can make. So uh, you gain obviously speed and and um, a hard hitter. But uh, look for him to wildcat and kind of be out of place sometimes. He gonna he gonna have plays where he you just like oh my god that was amazing. <laughs> and then you know two three plays later you like bro get him out of the game. He's trash. <laughs> so that's <laughs> and that was the that was the problem last year. You know being a Redskins fan, I was like oh my god he's nice. And then you just be like bro it's cover two. Why don't you sink instead of playing two yards from the you know line of scrimmage? Like get out of there. So. Yeah, he he's got some he's got a lot of talent and he is what he is at this point in his career and that's an athletic linebacker that can uh you don't have to take off the field in man to man situations but he's going to be a problem in zones. And then overall for this Eagles defense going up against uh the Redskins offense. What are you kind of looking at as a a point of attack for the Redskins offense to potentially expose this Eagles defense going into a uh, Sunday's matchup? I really think Philly's going to be really aggressive uh, from a load-in-the-box standpoint. I mean, Jay made an idiotic comment that I would have never made unless I was unintentionally trying to fool somebody, but he said the offense is running through guys this year. And teams know that, but you don't need to come out and say that because then you become one-dimensional and, and people will load the box because you don't have anybody outside that can win one-on-ones consistently. So. I look for Philly to be really aggressive and just load the box and uh, and and try to make us beat them with Case Keenum. Um, the one thing that I do like uh, that I see as an advantage is our running backs against your linebackers. There's nobody on 
there's nobody that I'm afraid of from a linebacker standpoint. Mm-hmm. If I'm matching them up with a Chris Thompson, you know, or even Wendell Smallwood occasionally, you know what I mean? So I'm not really concerned because uh, Zach is out of place a lot. Um, and then, you know, like you said, Cruiser Hill is was a – he was a key part in that defense. He was just starting – he's starting to – he was starting to learn, you know, and get it down and become a better player. I mean, obviously what happened to him. So uh, I think that could be uh, a potential uh, weakness for that Eagles defense. We know you loaded in the in the, in the DB category. So up front, you got to keep case clean as possible. You know. Um, but just take, yeah, just take advantage of that aggression um, and, you know, draw screens, things like that to keep you off balance. Yeah, and, you know, Case came out and said, you know, he thinks about uh, that NFC Championship game when he was in Philly playing for the Vikings mm-hmm. and uh, that that's going to, you know, fuel him a little bit this week. Um, you know, he needs you- to chill out. He, <laughs> a, a, perfect game, a perfect game is him throwing no more than 18 times. Like, <laughs> that would be a great game in my opinion. So, but uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do, do you see that as, you know, something that he could use to his advantage to kind of, you know, fuel his game Look, on Sunday? Oh, Cakes, Cakes don't need no more. He don't need any more fuel. He's been passed around like a collection plate at church. Oh, like, man. He doesn't need any more fuel than that. Teams have given up on him. I mean, he comes in for the Vikings. He does an amazing job. Uh, he was the gateway for Jared Goff. You know what I mean? He was, you know, he's fostered so many uh, young quarterbacks or, or been the, you know, the predecessor to so many quarterbacks. And he's he's been passed around, man. And that's just the truth of, truth of it. I don't think Denver played to his strengths. I think Minnesota was the best option for him. And then they go out and they could have kept him, but they went out and got uh, another version of him and Kurt. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm glad we agree he, on that front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I I was never a big fan of his, but um, the Case doesn't need any more fuel, man. He's been disrespected enough, and I think it's time that if he if we can get Minnesota Case, we'll be okay this year. How much of a concern is it that you know Jordan Reed is one flick away from another concussion and potentially you know a career ending? thing because he's had he's suffered seven concussions now and for a team that is lacking uh on the offensive line and you kind of need that that safety blanket how you know how much of a concern is that and how big of a role is vernon davis going to take on this year knowing that jordan reed at any moment could go down once again well i hate to say this as a former redskin and a redskin fan but i've i've given up on jordan reed Mm -hmm. i've i've come to look uh, to Vernon Davis as as the leader in that group. I mean, obviously he's not the most talented. Jordan's the most talented. Uh, when Jordan's healthy, he is the one of the most dangerous players on the offensive side of the ball. But like you said, just keeping him healthy, a seventh concussion, and that being a problem. Teams know that. Players know that. So he's going to get tagged quite a bit, and he's got to be ready for that. I, I don't know if he got to change helmets. I don't know what he got to do. But, you know, some of it you can control and some of it you can't get down or whatever you got to do, run out of bounds. But I've not looked to him for the last couple of years because I've known – I know Vernon personally. And Vernon has going into every game. He's going into every season saying, I'm the guy. And and it's been – and it's happened every year. So he's been here. So 
I'm looking to Vernon. Vernon can still take the top off of defenses. Um, obviously, he needs to be more consistent catching the ball. The, he drops a lot of passes, in my opinion. But um, he's still dangerous, and he can still open things up underneath. So he's still a player you got to watch. But I'm giving up on Jordan, man. I hate to say it. Uh, it's just his career is what it is. And, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. But at some point, pretty soon, I think he's going to hang it up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, looking ahead to Sunday, uh, what are some things, you know, in your opinion that the Redskins are going to have to do in order to potentially come out with a, an upset win? And then on the flip side, uh, for the Eagles to, you know, just solidify this week one and go into a season again, beating the Redskins in week one. We all know what happened the last time we did that. Uh, birds came away with a Super Bowl win. Yep. But, uh, what, in your opinion, what, what does each team have to do to, uh, come away with a win on Sunday in Philadelphia? Well, for one, the Redskins can't make any mistakes. You're playing against a high-powered offense and a damn good defense. Uh, you can't. You 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 can't. You got to limit turnovers, and you got to get extra possessions if you're a defender for Washington. So you got to look for, you know, opportunities to get turnovers. Whether it's Josh Norman punching a ball out or, you know, getting interception. We need those extra possessions in order to win this game. Um, you got to get to Carson. You got to get to him. I mean, you can't let him get out of the pocket. You can't let him uh, escape missing multiple sacks. And, you know, the crazy play that just keeps haunting me is him squirting out like he did last year and hitting us for a touchdown. Just freaking ridiculous. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, those are, those are nightmare plays for me. So uh, just being a former linebacker, uh, those are the things that I think of. We got to get to him. We got to get him off his spot. Always somebody in his face. Uh, and from the Eagles' standpoint, if you can stop the run and uh, <laughs> and make Case Keenum beat you, I think I think you got a very good chance of winning this game. For sure. And uh, in your opinion, on the on the Washington side of things, who's your your X factor player that you know Eagles fans and Redskins fans should be keeping an eye on uh, that could you know change the the script of this game? I think Darius Geis, honestly. And and I know it's so typical to say, but when I when I look at it, uh, when I look at the offensive line, I look at their strengths and weaknesses. Um, that right side of that offensive line is just this. It's got a couple maulers, and Brandon Sheriff and and Morgan Moses when healthy. Uh, I would look to take advantage of, of that right side, and Geis has shown the vision that he's kind of got it back, and it's going to take him a few more series. In a few more quarters, but I think uh, I could see a possibility of him rushing for 100 this game and a couple touchdowns, just from a standpoint of if you can keep Philly off balance. Um, we know Washington doesn't really want to throw the ball like crazy, but if you can keep if you can just keep it balanced and not forget about the run like typical Dre Gruden do, um, I think he has a chance to be an X factor on this offense for this week and weeks to come. Definitely, and I think uh, the Eagles' X factor, it's got to be Deshaun Jackson. You know, first game back in oh, Philly. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> uh, oh. Playing against his former team, and uh, he's going to want to put on a show. I, I know you probably agree uh, with that take on Deshaun Jackson as well. Here's the one thing about Deshaun that I do know, and I'm a friend. Like, I I wish him number the best, but if you hit him a couple times, you'll get him off his game. Just stop. Just don't let him beat you deep. 
those big plays, it's like he feeds off that. Mm-hmm. It's like a, he hits another level when he hits you for 20, 30, 20, 40. Like, then it just gets crazy. So, if we can stop the big play from Deshaun, then we'll be okay. But that's saying a lot. Yeah, and as he said, uh, as soon as he got back to Philly on his Instagram live, he's he's trying to activate that 10 mode. He's back wearing number 10, and uh, he's excited, man. I believe it, man. He's, he's a baller, man. Definitely a baller. And the Eagles fans are excited to have him back as well. Rob, let everybody know where they can follow you and uh, keep up to date with everything you got going on with Redskins Capital Connection as well. Yeah, man. You can uh, follow me on Twitter. It's the only social media platform that I'm on. Uh, at Mr. Underscore Henson 51. Uh, you can follow me there, man. I engage with everybody, enemies, friendlies, anybody. So I love talking football and uh, race against capital connection. I mean, you can uh, catch us, uh, our podcast, uh, Chad Ryan, myself, Robbie Duncan, uh, Mark Bullock. Uh, we talk everything Redskins. If you just want to know it, what, what things look like on the other side, uh, you can just check us out. And it's your guys' uh, fifth-year anniversary today as we record this, too, so congratulations yep. on that. Yep, appreciate it, man. Appreciate um, it. It's been a blast, man. We always love having you on the show, and we'll definitely have to uh, catch up again down the line when uh, the Eagles take on the Redskins in Washington later this season. Really appreciate you jumping on again, and uh, best of luck on Sunday, man. Yeah, man, same to you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Got to thank Mr. Rob Henson for hopping on the podcast again this year and this week. Uh, We'll definitely be hearing from him more often than not because he's one of the best in the game covering the Redskins, and he knows this team better than anybody I know. So this game is going to be exciting, uh, especially from an Eagles perspective. I agree. I don't trust that left side of the offensive line for Washington, and uh, the Eagles have a big opportunity ahead of them to uh, really solidify and put the league on notice that they are back and they are ready to uh, take this league by storm and go on another Super Bowl run. So it's going to be very exciting on Sunday, and uh, I can't. We can't wait. You know, everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia is excited because the uh, the football season is back and we are pumped. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at Underground PHI. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger for that one. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. They go a long, long way. Let us know in your review what you're thinking of this game. You know, this is going to be up on Saturday as you listen to this, day before the game. Let us know what, uh, you know, you're thinking for this season, for this game against Washington, and uh, who some X factors you're, you're viewing for this season for this Eagles team. And if you don't have an iPhone, we're on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to us there. Uh, But until week two, week one is here. Week one of Eagles Enemy Season 2 is in the books, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, once again, thank you to Rob Henson for hopping on the show again. And uh, we'll catch you guys for week two as uh, we have another familiar guest coming on as the Eagles get set to take on the Falcons on Sunday Night Football. So until then, I'm Kyle. Everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia is pumped for Eagle season. Go Birds. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.